You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. everybody, this is Mission Lab. I am coming to you from Down Under in Australia, Brisbane, Australia, roughly. We're not right in Brisbane, I understand, but I'm here speaking at a camp, and uh, we're here in my messy room where I'm staying with two really cool dudes that I've gotten to know, and uh, I guess... Hopefully they'll clean it up for me afterwards. <laughs> but we're we're uh, recording just on my iPhone, so we're gonna kind of pass it around, so the recording quality won't yeah. be the greatest. But that'll be more authentic anyway. Like mm. we're we're really like organic. organic and authentic. Organic. That's right. That's right. Organic. We're all about organic. So I'm gonna have these two brothers uh, introduce themselves. We've already tried this once; it didn't work. So we're trying again. So they're gonna introduce themselves again. So we're gonna start with Francis. Yeah. Tell us about yourself, Francis. Yes. Hi, my name is Francis. I am married to Jennifer. We have four kids, um, Orlando, um, Faith, Darius, and Bronte. I'm currently the pastor of Life Switch Community Church. It's a new church plant, a year and a half old, um, based in Ipswich, in a little suburb called Goodna. Um, we were trying to engage a missional community, engaging the, the lower socioeconomic um, people group. Mm. So that's our, that's our mission. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. And this young man. Hey, my name is Lachlan, and I'm married to Kathy. Um, and we're church planters that are, had been working with Francis and Jennifer at Life Switch Community. We helped launch that church with them. But we've now just been reassigned to church plant, uh, which is a tough job on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so we live right in the, the middle of the southeast Queensland in Australia, right on the beach. Um, and we've got the set with the task of it connecting and engaging um, with some missional communities, mm. with our surfers, with our, our skaters, with that, that subculture right up uh, along our beach coastline here in Queensland. So that's uh, that's our job. It's a tough gig, but we'll take it. <laughs> now, I have to admit to you, brothers, that basically the only reason I want you on the podcast mm. is because I love your accent. <laughs> is, that, is that all right? I think you love Lachlan. I'm more of a New Zealand accent. Yeah, you're actually from New Zealand. You're a Kiwi originally. Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you guys, you know, us Americans can't tell your accents apart. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's cut to the chase, fellas. I want to go back. We were talking before. Um, you were kind of just doing traditional pastoring. Uh, well, at least you were expressing that, Lachlan. Uh, there came a time where you kind of said, this isn't what I want to do. Tell me about that mindset, that thought process, and uh, you know why you wanted to go more missional in your, in your thinking. Mm-hmm. Both of you can share, but yeah. I know you were talking before, Lachlan. About yeah, um, it's been a pretty cool experience. I came out of, I uh, graduated from Avondale College in uh, 2013, um, I came up here and I started working with Francis as an associate pastor. And, it, you know, I'd come from a fairly evangelistic home. My parents are highly engaged in mission as a family, um, doing regular mission trips, local community service type of stuff. I'd volunteered at summer camps in, in Big Lake and I'd, mm. I'd done a rise. I'd done a number of evangelistic things. And mission was always 
a real key part of why I wanted to do ministry. Mm. Then I just found myself as a, in my first two years of ministry just sitting there going, why am I returning emails? <laughs> like, why am I dealing with uh, yeah. some grumpy church members? Um, and so this type of They're mindset... Not listening, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they listen to this. But, uh, <laughs> I might be out of a job. <laughs> but um, it was just the, the whole... The whole... A pastor... The, there was so much more to pastoral ministry than... Mm. What, what met the eye um, mm. and what drew me in I suddenly found and what was my passion was just being over, overwhelmed by mm. yeah. just needs that just probably weren't nego- probably weren't necessary mm-hmm. um, things that I thought was, was drawn into doing and I guess I found myself doing things that uh, other people could have been doing mm. and I was <laughs> like why am I doing this yeah. they could be doing this yeah and so it didn't take me long, probably about 12 to 18 months, or I, I even said to Francis, Man, I'm, I'm sick of doing normal church like this. If this is normal church, and mm. I'm not going to have a long career. <laughs> I don't know about you, because yeah. you've been in a lot longer than me, Francis. Because yeah. you're, like, you're yeah. old. You're old. I am. I've got a, I've got a grey beard. <laughs> I'm very old. But I graduated from Avondale College in 2001. So 2002, my first appointment was to head down in Tasmania, a little mm. island just off Victoria. Beautiful place, beautiful people. But um, I think in my third year, third and fourth year in Longceston, we had an opportunity to create a missional community. Mm-hmm. And um, it was there that sort of sparked, hey, this is something that I'm really keen on pursuing, mm-hmm. um, you know, really engaging with the unchurched people and, and just be mission-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the church plant didn't really, it was sort of like an afternoon program. It didn't really go anywhere. But that's, that experience, that time, mm-hmm. my wife and I, um, we, what we took away from, from Tassie is that this is something that, hey, that, that, that I'm willing to, 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 to give my life for, you mm-hmm. know, um, just really connecting with people and sharing Jesus. And so every year since we came here to Queensland, and I've been here for almost nine years, and every year I would say, hey, I'd love to church plant, I'd love to church plant. And mm-hmm. so the opportunity just opened up and um, just haven't looked back. Yeah. So you guys were telling me before that you kind of just made a decision on your own and said, hey, we're just going to do this. Yeah. Uh, and so you started meeting on Friday nights with just a handful of people. Yeah. And tell me what the thought process was, who you, who you identified, and how you had to form your approach based upon the people you're trying to reach. Yeah, we, um, we just started to sense an opportunity in our ministry setting where we, we had a, an, a fairly well-established church of around 280 people that we looked after. We both were chaplains at our local Adventist school that was right next door with about 100 kids, and we had two other small little, quite conservative and traditional little country churches. Um, but within that, we had a, a, a community. Uh, our, our actual city was going to double in size within five years. So there was considerable growth within our community, and we looked at that and we thought, this is... We can't ignore the opportunity. Like we, the statistics show that new communities are so much more open to faith and community within churches and stuff like that. So we thought it's worth giving it a crack. Um, so we we just had conversations. We called we called them kingdom conversations, where we'd go and talk to some people that we. Yeah. Saul had holy discontentment. They were sitting in a pew, frustrated, burning up. Um, they wanted to do something big for God. They just didn't know where to start. We preached maybe a sermon or two on it, um, but we went and we would approach these people and we just thought, come join us on a journey. We'll do something big for God. And um, mm-hmm. 
So that led us to um, taking a group of people. Actually, before we even met into a home, we had an opportunity to go to our, um, a church planters gathering, um, and we took a number of our team down. Yeah, um, awesome. And I remember sitting there with a couple of our, who are now our core leaders of our team, and sitting there, and they had just sitting there venting about their current church and all the problems that it's got and how it's not like these ones that they're talking about. And look at these churches, they're doing this, 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 and we're not doing this at our current church. And I remember just seeing the penny drop on the Sunday morning after a whole weekend of this. They just, and I said, yeah, we're, we're not trying to change our current church. We have an opportunity to start a new one. Mm-hmm. And I think that penny drop for, for a couple of our core leaders, they're, oh, we don't have to carry that baggage across. Um, yeah. And so we spent probably, what, 12 months yeah, in, in Francis and Jen's home uh, just doing life together, probably about eight to ten of us. Yeah. Um, we had people come and go through that time, but in that process we'd um, eat food together, do life together, yeah. um, and and really just break down what is what is mission, what, is, what does it mean to follow Jesus? We call that discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does it mean to be a part of church the mm-hmm. thing god uh, has set aside yeah. uh, what does that look like uh, it's not a building mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 people mm-hmm. um unified uh, by god's story so we were, we were looking at those type of aspects um and we did that for for a couple of months um and then we started to started to get itchy feet didn't we Francis? Yeah, to do yeah. something. tell us about um our prayer uh, that we were talking about the how, where to launch our church from yeah, so we, we, we basically prayed and said, Lord, um, lead us to a, a, an area or where we need to start this missional community. And somehow God did not lead us to a, 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 an area, a geography, but it led us to a people group. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and for some reason it just happened to be the the, 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 the next suburb over from where we live, Collingwood Park. So a place called Goodna is where we found uh, a whole heap of what is it? Low socioeconomic, low, low socioeconomic type of yeah immigrant community, and um, and and that's where we felt that God was was leading us to to reach this people group. Yeah, and so then, how did you organize your mission around those people? I know you were saying before, as we were talking, that you know the reality is people in low socioeconomic situations they can't just show up into your home and start uh, open up to John, you know, four seven or whatever. You have to you have to cater the gospel to their their level, and so you know how did you approach that sort of thing? Yeah, so 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 basically, um, how we how we started to engage with people was was basically being part of um, food ministries already established in the community. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking of being starting up a new food bank ministry, and we think, hey, let's do this, but for some reason. Yeah. We just didn't feel that that's where God needed us to be. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we won't open one down the track. Oh, you rejected it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, our, yeah. Our application got rejected, and there were just so many stops, and we just felt, wow. And and I'm glad we didn't start it because the amount of work that it mm-hmm. takes to get that off the ground, you know, that would have taken up most yeah. of our time. That we wouldn't have had anything, any time for anything else. Mm. So, um, so. We, we just started doing church worship um, in the park, mm-hmm. uh, being inspired by uh, Miracle City Church. 
with their push on serving the, the city, mm-hmm. we felt, hey, let's do something like that. And so we designated one Saturday, we call it Service Saturday, mm-hmm. and we were just doing community service stuff, mm-hmm. like giving out free bottles of water. And we tried other things, but then we stuck with the water thing for about a whole year. Mm-hmm. And this year it was so successful because we were just starting to connect with people mm-hmm. because after serving on Saturday morning, we would then invite them to a community barbecue. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then from there... We would just break out and transition into our our worship time, mm-hmm. you know. Awesome. Awesome. So um, that was once a year last year, but this year we've just upped the ante and did it twice because mm-hmm. it just worked for us. Twice a month. Yeah, twice, twice a month. Twice a month. Okay, yeah. yeah. The other thing we did with our leaders was it was quite foreign to like a person like myself who's grown up as an Adventist Christian all their life <laughs> to sit down and talk to people homeless background, uh, people who've got quite rough stories. We mm-hmm. Used to go down on a Friday night and and actually sit down at a food ministry while people are eating their food uh, and just practice and just listen to their story mm-hmm. and, and and just communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Often we get into a mindset. Sometimes a Christian mindset is so busy about wanting to serve their needs, mm-hmm. we don't befriend them um, mm-hmm. and we don't belong. Uh, we don't connect with them and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found that there were so many Christians already there, but they were too busy behind the barbecue serving food yeah. that there was no one actually talking mm-hmm. and, and sharing life with mm-hmm. these guys. Yeah. And then we used to do that before we would go and meet as a core team on a Friday night. So that would help shape our, our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for a lot of us, it was having to change the way we thought about mission again because we had a whole different community mm-hmm. um, of, of demographics and of needs that we probably had never really encountered before. And, mm-hmm. and, and our current established church wasn't engaging in that. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool to be able to, to see that journey and then mm. to have those service Saturdays twice a month um, just was some of the best best ways to send, spend Sabbath just out there serving people. Mm. We had our service shirts made, we had signs and mm. we um, yeah. just connect with people and people mm. would come across. Um, in Australia, Saturday is a huge day for sport. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of families out playing rugby or soccer and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff like that. So we used to attract a lot of those families that they're not convicted on keeping any biblical sabbath at this point but they come across and they can do life of us and share an encouraging word and stuff like that so yeah yeah it's awesome so you were saying um prior uh lachlan about how you know the 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 typical mindset is you you go to like people in need and you say okay let me get you in a depression seminar or a but you realized again you mentioned that a little bit ago that you just have to slow down and, and interact with them as people, not yeah. not objects that are gonna need to go into a program, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a big that was a big shift in your understanding. Mm. The good thing about um, when you put yourself out there <clears throat> is that Michael Frost calls it alerting people to the universal reign of God. Mm-hmm. So when you spend time with people and listen to their stories, mm-hmm. you can actually speak the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. gospel of forgiveness, the gospel of restoration, mm-hmm. you know, just listen and how the gospel can can sort of just fit in. Yeah. Living questionable lives, you know. Yeah. So when we when we bless somebody or when we, you know, do something out of or when we eat with people, mm-hmm. you know, they, they see something, they say, Wow, why why are these people like this? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's those moments that we can alert them that, hey, because we we, we we believe and we serve a, an awesome and mighty God. Yeah. 
You know? Yeah, Jeff Vanderstelt, who I was just sharing with you about, uh, he, he, the way he puts it is that we should live life in such a way that it would demand a Jesus explanation. Yeah. So yes, like a yes. question, living questionable life, yeah. living a life that says, why are you doing this? Yeah. So, yeah. So so as the journey uh, unfolded and, and developed, uh, you had people that were leaning into you know, faith, leaning into wanting to be a part of something. Tell, tell us about how that process played out. Yeah, well... We started uh, looking at worship. Uh, we started running uh, afternoon worship. We, the Lord led us to a pretty amazing uh, facility, mm. which was probably the last thing on our mind. But um, Francis's wife Jennifer picked up a hitchhiker, um, and we looked <laughs> wow. at all these different. A woman, a man, or a woman? A uh, man, African man. Whoa! Um, and he was dressed in a suit, and he was trying to get to church. Uh-huh. And we looked. He actually waved her down, and he goes, "Oh, did you need something?" He goes, "Oh, I just needed a lift down to Goodna." Uh-huh. I went, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, jump in and I'll take you. So, so you said that or your wife? My wife. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And we looked at all these different facilities mm-hmm. and churches and community halls just because we were like, man, we're connecting with a fair few people. We'd just, it'd be nice to just have a space that we can mm-hmm. do some ministry out of. Mm-hmm. We weren't necessarily just thinking worship. Um, we looked at all these places and we were like, oh, there's, there's nothing here. And suddenly we stumbled across, uh, Jen drops this, this African brother off that she's picked up at this $2 million Salvation Army brand new so- wow. sponsored by Sony Center. Wow. Um, and she's like, what's this? So she walks in there and we get application forms. And uh, Long story short, we fill out the application form and we're looking at the fees at the bottom and it was going to cost us like $180 to $200 for like three hours higher wow. in an afternoon. And we were like, oh, that's so expensive. And we just... We just, we're not sure if we want to commit because, you know, we're like, it's the next step. We don't want to tie ourselves down to something we can't commit to. We went and talked to um, the Salvation Army guy who runs it and, and we shared with him our, our story, what we were doing, and he turns around and goes, oh, I'm a church planter too. I love this stuff. Uh, you know, I fully understand that church plants, sometimes they, they don't get off the ground and I'm not going to hold you to your lease and that is like 60 bucks for the whole thing sounds wow. And we were like, all right. <laughs> and so here we got this amazing community centre with a cafe at the front, um, mm-hmm. a playground for the side. for, wow. And for, for the, just for, great, it's a community centre. Mm-hmm. And the irony is we said to him, hey, do you guys actually have a church that worships here? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, my church members don't like to worship here because it's not like a church. Oh. <laughs> so he has three or four different churches wow. worshipping out of this community yeah. centre yeah. because his, his own members... Are, his uh, well, people that attend his church don't like the the, the, the picture of church. So yeah. there's some contrasting views there, but the Lord led us to that um, that opportunity, and um, we started to to think about worship and our worship gatherings were were more um, more again organic and small group in, in mm-hmm. its mindset. We yeah. we stick people around tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to eat at the end of our gatherings, mm-hmm. and then we moved it to the start mm-hmm. um, in the afternoon yeah. around three thirty. People yeah. would come and we'd eat for about half an hour, forty minutes. Mm-hmm. And, Everyone got a name tag, um, and we just connect. Um, and food, food opens mouths, mouth opens conversations. <laughs> so they would just be uh, talking, and then we'd have a couple of songs uh, with the kids, and then the kids would go to a kids' uh, room, and they'd do some kids' activities. Mm. We'd have a worship time around tables, so we'd mm-hmm. break things down through looking at a gospel story, mm-hmm. and just have five or six simple questions like. Do we understand what's going on and breaking some things down? So often we add a lot to the Bible that we already know. Mm-hmm. We're making sure that people can really absorb what, what's going on. Sometimes we put a, 
the Matthew DVD on or the mm. John DVD so mm. people can absorb some extra yeah. context yeah. that we might understand as, as mature Christians that unchurched mm. people may not get. But probably the interesting thing that links back to what we were talking about before that really got us was um, our testimony culture. Mm-hmm. So we used to do an open mic mm-hmm. and come along and uh, every day, every, every worship time we'd open up that mic and we had anyone, anything to praise God for. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, man, we, we soon noticed very quickly that our unchurched people just love to praise God. Yeah. <laughs> and they would, like, rush to the microphone and they're like, praise the Lord. I finally got to see my kids this week. Praise the Lord. I got my my government support money, like <laughs> all sorts of things. And the Adventists would just, or our Christians would just sit there yeah. still like they didn't know what to praise God for. <laughs> and our unchurch would just take over this segment and just so open with their lives mm. and just so authentic to how God was moving. Mm. Mm. And it was so, so cool to see because, I mean, we talk about living questionable lives and stepping out, but to see their, their ability to be open and, and receptive mm. and, yeah. and to share the highs and the lows, and, yeah, sometimes there was some pretty heavy stuff that was shared, yeah. but, yeah. I mean, the fact that they feel safe, they can belong yeah. like these mm. people, mm-hmm. these people care, mm-hmm. um, yeah. they can just let it out all out. Um, and so that that was the culture that was starting to get there. I just found it real interesting as we reflected, it was like the Christian mindset is to contain it all rather than mm. the, the, yeah. the opposite. They just yeah. let it go yeah. and... And then that's mm. which which can God work with more the one who lets it go or the one who tries to hold yeah. it back. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, awesome. So tell, uh, talk to me about your discipleship process. Like, how do you disciple people? What what is you know you have people coming and they're mm. they're uh, leaning into fellowship and community, but you know how do you how do you help them become you know disciples of Jesus? Mm. So the first, um, so, so obviously if they've been coming for a while, then we sort of challenge them to take their next steps mm-hmm. and say, hey, come be part of a, a life group. Mm-hmm. Now, our life groups are, are basically, you know, three or four people, mm-hmm. five max. Mm-hmm. It's only a small group of people that you are willing to invest. And so we're trying to um, have leaders and, and, and apprentice. And so the whole idea is that, you know, you meet during the week. We didn't want to meet on Saturday mm-hmm. because we're already doing life there. So we wanted to make sure that we just had life groups throughout the week, you know, to just break up the um, our meeting time together. Um, so we basically go through a Discover Bible reading bookmark mm-hmm. you know has very it has some connect questions there like um, I think the first question is you know um, what have, what are you grateful for in the past week mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. I think the second one hey what are you struggling with in, in mm-hmm. your life or you know and that sort of just opens up the opportunity to pray for you specifically mm-hmm. we have two times when we meet in that space we have two times to pray we pray for each other specifically and then we I think the third accountability question is is basically um, what have you put into practice from our last meeting mm-hmm. or what have you applied? How's that, how's that been going? You know? mm-hmm. And then we go into our new reading, like our read a Bible story in the Gospel of Mark, mm-hmm. and then we reread it again, maybe a different person reading, and then somebody else will retell. Mm-hmm. So it's a very simple way. And then we just have a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, the first question is, um, what did you like or didn't like about the, the, the story? Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, is there anything that you didn't understand about the story? Mm-hmm. Um, the third one, what did you learn about God? Mm-hmm. God the Father, the Son, mm-hmm. or the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Um, the next question is, what did you learn about people? Mm-hmm. You know, 
And then the, the last two is basically what can we apply? What can we draw out from this story? Mm-hmm. And then the last one is what are you willing to put into practice? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's those two that we keep each other accountable. Mm-hmm. So I think at this stage we're still trying to sift through our discipleship track mm-hmm. um, or our process, but I think that I think we're all on the same page is that we want people to be committed to Jesus the man, mm-hmm. his mission, and message. Mm, like you know, that. that is when we when we bring people to Jesus, that's what we want them to. And then we say, hey, we haven't fully developed it, but I think we're going to go to the next level and we're going to do like a, um, what we call um, a hair journal, H-E-A-R. Mm-hmm. So basically it's, and we're looking at the 28 fundamentals, you know, mm-hmm. if, for example, if we're looking at the Sabbath, we pick out five key stories of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But it's a thing that they have to do daily. Mm-hmm. So when we come back together, the idea is this. Each person will share what, what they want to share from their Discover Journal mm-hmm. or their Hair Journal. Yeah. You know? What has God impressed? So number one, we're putting it back on the Holy Spirit as the teacher. Yeah. Our job is just to facilitate. Yeah. So there's nothing great about the questions. It's what they discover. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I guess, you know, this is where we sort of, can help to clarify things if, if they don't fully understand it. But, mm. yeah, it's just a simple understanding. So it's the key thing is that's only one part of doing life together. Mm-hmm. You know, discipleship is, you know, mm-hmm. you know we catch up in other spaces. Mm-hmm. So we intentionally want it to make it small. We didn't want to make it big yeah. because... The idea is that, yep, we're going to meet in this space for an hour, but there is also times where we'll catch up for lunch or catch up for uh, uh, a hot drink or have a veggie burger, whatever the case may be. (laughs) All right, all right. So uh, probably wind down here in another minute or two, but um, so, so talk to us. I know, you know, we don't necessarily worry about counting numbers and all that, but you, you do have people, quite a few people leaning into and, and yeah. a part of this process. Well, actually, I was going to bring up that idea. We, we, we had about 60 to 70 regularly attending our worship, mm-hmm. but we felt that that wasn't the right thing to be counting, mm-hmm. and that whole discipleship mentality really kicked in, and we thought, man... We're not trying to get... Our aim is not to get people to a worship service. Yeah, exactly. Our aim is to disciple people. And that's something that we... we, we if we did it again, we would have made, we would have been a stronger emphasis mm-hmm. on it. Um, mm-hmm. We rushed early to a worship yeah. service yeah. and we would have held off and done more life with people in deeper groups and yeah. discipled people. Mm-hmm. And so now our measuring, and, and Francis can speak openly to that, is we, we, you talk about measurement and success based on how many people are being discipled mm-hmm. now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes uh, people want to know, oh, how many people are at your, actually, actually at your church? Mm-hmm. And we go, well... Why do you want to know that? We'll tell you how many people are being discipled. Um, And so we're trying to change the measuring Mm -hmm. of of success um, versus... Going, cause we can, we could rent a crowd. We could get, <laughs> we could get a number. We could, and we have. The irony is, our, our church is actually two hundred meters away from two Adventist churches. Right. But they are Samoan churches. They're mm-hmm. ethnic churches that only reach uh, the one particular culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not about trying to to build that worship worship setting up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want. Well, I was saying to Francis earlier this morning that we want worship to become a natural response Mm -hmm. from the work that we do in discipleship and in ministry. Mm -hmm. So we want 
often we make worship as itself a ministry. Yeah. So, like, oh, I play guitar for the band, like, <laughs> which is a good thing, but that's yeah. that's worship. That's not ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ministry is what are you, what are you doing? Who are you doing life with, and what are you doing for others? Mm-hmm. And then you celebrate that at your mm-hmm. worship time, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, the, that's why these discipleship groups become the new measuring mm-hmm. measuring tool for how we how we view yeah. the success of what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, you've got what five, six groups down yeah, there. Yeah, so we, so we have about I think six life groups mm-hmm. at the moment, and mm-hmm. they're all meet at um, McDonald's and, mm. and homes and uh, mm. I try to challenge them to, to meet in those public spaces. Yeah. There's something about meeting in public spaces because you just engage with mm. with the environment and the people mm. that you're trying to... So even our core team meeting, we meet at McDonald's every Sunday night. You know, we so, come, we yeah. have a happy, happy meal together. <laughs> we get yeah. all happy, we go, all right. <laughs> I guess just for this next six months, um, the next part of the year, this part of the year, just focusing on clarifying the direction yeah. so that in 2018 we're pretty much, yeah. you know, moving forward. So, yeah, we, we try to meet in, in, not, yeah. in a, not in a building, but in either unchurched people's homes or in public spaces. Yeah, dude, awesome. Uh, you can hear, no doubt, the wonderful Australian woman in the background making an announcement <laughs> for the camp. But you can probably also, listener, understand why these these dudes inspire me. These mates inspire me. And uh, it's really awesome to be able to listen and, and learn from them because these guys are, they got a lot to teach me, in all honesty, where... We're trying to figure these things out as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks, guys. It's been really, 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 really awesome. And uh, I felt like I had another question, but the lady in the background has caused me to forget what that question was. <laughs> so, but no, like you said, actually, this is what I was going to say. Um, Mike Breen, have you run anything, run yeah, anything yeah. by him? Yeah. So he had this kind of, there's, along my journey, there's been like key little expressions that were kind of like oh like aha moments you know one of them was most people when they talk about planning a church talk about what they really mean is planning a worship service and i was like oh okay i don't want to do that Mm. and then mike breen said um when you make disciples you always get the church but if you try to make a church you probably won't get disciples so it sounds like you guys have have you know have discovered that as well so uh, thank you, gentlemen, Francis you, and Lachlan. It's been so awesome, yeah. and you guys inspire me. And so all the best to you as you continue on your journey of mission and discipleship. And we'll look forward to meeting up with you guys again soon, hopefully maybe back over on the other side, over in the States. Yeah, yeah sweet. So thanks a lot, guys, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.